0: Good morning. It's good to be back with you after uh, being off for a day. So it's uh, good to be back uh, with you in God's Word as we dig back into the Book of Acts. Today we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, I guess it was Monday. Yeah, because we did All Saints Day on um, on um, or All Hallows Eve on on Tuesday. So we're going to pick back up with Acts chapter twenty-three. We're reading a little bit longer today. I wanted to kind of combine two sections because they 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 were they fit together. Um, I want to read Acts uh, 23, starting with verse 23, going through chapter 24, verse 9. So we'll start with verse 23. Then he summoned two of the centurions. If you remember, Paul was about to get murdered. So they're they're hiding Paul away from the religious leaders who are trying to get Paul. Um, Then he summoned two of the centurions and said, Get ready to leave by nine o'clock tonight for Caesarea with 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen and also provide mounts for Paul to ride. Take him safely to Felix, the governor. He wrote a letter to this this effect. Claudius Lysias to his excellency, the governor, Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, was about to be killed by them. When I learned he was a Roman citizen, I came to the guard and rescued him. Since I wanted to know the charge for which they accused him, I had him brought to their council. I found that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but was charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. When I was informed that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him during the night to Antipas. Antipas. The next day they let the horsemen go on with him and they returned to the barracks. And they came to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. Or in the letter, he asked what province he belonged to. And when, he, when he learned he was from Sicilia, Sicilia, he said, I'll give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. Then he ordered that he be kept under guard in Herod's headquarters. Then the chapter 24. Five days later, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and an attorney, a certain Tertullius, and they reported their case against Paul and to the governor. When Paul had been summoned, Tertullius began to accuse him, saying, Your Excell- Excellency, because of you we have long enjoyed peace, and reforms have been made for this, the, this people because of your foresight. We welcome this in every way and everywhere with mo- but most gratitude. But to t- detain you no further, I bear you to hear us briefly with your customary graciousness. We have, in fact, found this man a pestilent fellow, an agitator among the Jews throughout the world, a ringleader of a sect of Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, so he seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to learn from him concerning everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in this charge, asserting that this was true. So we see um, the previous day that the the tribune, the the head of the soldiers there in Jerusalem, finds out that they're going to kill Paul. We read about that plot to kill him. And he sent him off to Caesarea. Um, just for your geography of Israel, Jerusalem is kind of in the southern, south central part of Israel. Caesarea is more to the northwest and it's on the coast. It's also called, it's often called Caesarea Maritama because it is a um, natural, um, uh, well, not a natural it's a harbor, but it was also one of the largest man made harbors. Really, in human history, uh, the Romans did quite an engineering feat uh, there at Caesarea. But Caesarea is the traditional um, and the preferred uh, seat of government for the Roman leaders. They have they the, the Roman leaders have a, a place in Jerusalem where Pilate was, and also a place a place in the northwestern northeastern part of the um, country called Tiberias. But uh, Caesarea is typically where they stayed. So they take Paul to Caesarea. Uh, they, he's under, you know, they're not messing with him. It's like one of those, um, armored, uh, armored little like caravans right there. They're not going to get to Paul. If they come at Paul with all the, all the weaponry that Paul has, they're not going to get to him. And now they see him before, before the, um, governor. And, um, we see now the, the court case begin. Where Tertullius, the, the lawyer, begins to make an accusation of Paul. And he starts off with, with flatter with flattery. He says, We were enjoyed peace. Now reforms were made for the people. We're very, we're very basically telling the judge, the the, the, the gunner rather, hey, you're awesome. Like be clear, we love you. You're the best. So it starts off a little flattery. And then you see, this is an interesting passage because you see how the Christians are regarded we have found, this is verse five, we have found, in fact, this man, a pestilent fellow. (laughs) What a great, you know, uh, I've been called a lot. I don't know if I've been called a pestilent fellow. An agitator among the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple and we seized him. So you see here that the, the Jews, these religious leaders, they are seeing the Christians as a sect of their religion um a sect of nazarenes in other words the, these who follow the the um you know the, the the these 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 nazarenes um and so we see here that they're laying the charges against paul that paul is trying to take control of their religion paul is trying to disrupt things paul is trying to change things and they don't like it and they don't want it and um That's why a lot of them didn't want to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus meant change. Following Jesus meant doing things differently. Following Jesus means things are going to be different. And that's not always what we want, is it? At least not for me. I'm at the point in my life where I don't really want a lot of change. I like what I like, and I do what I do, and I don't really want there to be a lot of change in these things. But following Jesus means that things may change. Things may be different. In fact, I shouldn't say things may be different. Things will be different. Jesus doesn't just let us be and leave us alone. I love it's an old saying, but it's true. Jesus may love us just as we are, but he won't keep us just as we are. Jesus is going to change our life, y'all. Jesus is going to change our life. Our lives are going to be different because of our relationship with Jesus. Our lives are going to be different because we follow Jesus as Lord. That's important, y'all, and that's it's also scary. Let's be honest, that's scary to to know that Jesus is going to change things, to know that Jesus is going to make things different, to know that Jesus is going to get us out of our comfort zone, to know that Jesus is going to make us do things we wouldn't want to do or things we wouldn't ordinarily do. Jesus is just not going to leave us alone because Jesus, Jesus is not worried about our comfort. He's worried about our life. He's not worried about our comfort he's worried about our life. He wants us to live a life following him. And a life following him is a life full of life. He says in John 10:10 10, 10, I've come to give you life and more give, it, give you life more abundantly. Jesus is worried about our life. And y'all sometimes to live in fact a lot of times to live it means that things may be uncomfortable. It means that things may be hard. Things It means that things may not be easy. It means that things may not be like they've always been. But they're going to be better, y'all. They're going to be better. Following Jesus is not always easy. Following Jesus is not always comfortable. But following Jesus is always the path of life, y'all. Always. Following the path of Jesus is always the path of life. And sometimes, sometimes we can get so comfortable in life. Sometimes we can get so comfortable in life that we don't want to follow Jesus. And when we do that, we don't fully live. We aren't fully alive. We can be as comfortable as the day is long. We can be as comfortable in ways that we don't want to change but will be so comfortable we aren't fully living. And I don't know about you, y'all, but I want to live. I want to have life. And Jesus promises us that, y'all. He promises us life. Life worth living. Life worth having. Life worth holding on to. That is what Jesus calls us to. And that's what Jesus needs for us and from us is life. So today, don't be so comfortable that you don't follow Jesus. They don't want to follow Jesus because they were comfortable. They don't want things to change. Let's not make that same mistake, y'all. Because our comfort's one thing, but a life worth living, that's something else. So let's follow Jesus, even if it makes us uncomfortable. Thanks for being with us today, y'all. We'll pick up tomorrow with verse 10. Have a great day.